we at One Board Family want to acknowledge what has taken place over the last few weeks in our country. Systemic racism is an unfortunate reality that has plagued our country since its foundation. And while we would like to believe that things have gotten better, recent events show that they have not. We know that we can never truly understand the experiences of our friends, neighbors, and associates who are black, indigenous, or people of color. But we do want them to know that we are on their side. Black lives matter, and we will continually seek to find opportunities to show our belief in the truth of that statement. At One Board Family, we have always sought to highlight the work of people from a variety of backgrounds in our game reviews, interviews, and podcasts. We feel that the board game community can only be improved when the viewpoints and ideas of all people are incorporated. We've hosted board game meetup events in our communities with the goal of bringing people of different backgrounds and life experiences together around one table. We're happy to see the steps that many in the board game industry have taken in recent weeks to help remove the inequality that has plagued our hobby, but there is still so much work to do. While we are a small organization, we will continue to do everything we can to bring people into the fold who may have felt unwelcome in the past. We hope that you will join us in this endeavor. Hello and welcome to the One Board Podcast. I am Rick White, and with me, as always, is a pretty cool fella, Ryan Gatowski. How are you, Ryan? It wasn't disparaging enough. I don't even know how to be introduced that way. I know. I just feel like I need to be positive uh, for this episode. It feels weird to be insulting or anything right now. <laughs> yeah, we we absolutely need some positivity. It's uh it's been a couple weeks since we have done a podcast proper. Um we, you know, if you follow us on uh the podcast, we have two different shows. Uh this is the one board podcast where we talk about board games um and today we'll be talking about some issues that that are meaningful uh to our lives and our families and our communities. Um and we also have Will It Game, which is a stupid silly weird show that is just supposed to be entertaining and take us take us away for 15 minutes so we can be reminded that we can laugh um so yeah so this show is going to be a little different and uh this is probably going to be the last show of the season for a little bit we've we have intentionally rick and myself and bob we have intentionally taken um some time to not post as much on our account, on on the one board family accounts, we feel like there's a lot going on in our country and around the world, absolutely around the world. Um, and, and we need to pause for a second. And so, um, games are fun. Games are enjoyable. Um, but they definitely, uh, are not as important as people. So, um, that's something that we've always, we've always wanted to focus on as people. So, yeah. And, And I think for us, you know, it's, we, are wanting to make sure that we want to talk about games. We want to talk about having fun, bringing people to the table. That's something we want to talk about. Um, but you can't just talk about pawns and meeples and cards and stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes yeah. there are things that we need to address. And we feel that we are in a spot right now where 
we need to address some different things. So, um, you know, there was a statement at the beginning of this episode that we, we hope you paid attention to. Um, and today's episode, we're going to be talking about, um, a few of those different things and talking about how we are, uh, what we are doing in order to, uh, put some, a spotlight on people that maybe don't get the spotlight enough in our industry. Yeah. Um, a really cool story that has come out of the, over the past l- couple of weeks is the support of a board game called Rap Gods. Um, and it's interesting because Rick, uh, was one of the first people to see Rap Gods. Um, mm-hmm. they were, you know, uh, Amari and Hamu were at, uh, Southern Fried Gaming Expo the year that you first went. Yeah, two years ago. Yep. Uh, yeah. And so you got to meet them. You got to really connect with Amari. And it was cool when you came back from this, uh, from Southern Fried, which we, one of our favorite conventions, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, when you came back from Southern Fried, you were telling me about Rap Gods. You were telling me about how cool the theme was, how well the mechanics worked. And so why don't you give us a little background on Rap Gods? And actually, we have uh, we have a couple clips from Amari, an interview that Amari did on Twitter. And uh, we're thankful that we w- we've been given permission to use that audio um, to kind of splice into today's episode. Yeah. And so Rap Gods uh, is a game, you know, if we just want to talk about the game Rap Gods, um, you know, one thing that I had posted um, that was kind of the the blurb, I guess, on their Kickstarter page was that um, I was kind of expecting like um, I was expecting to have like some hip hop jokes and stuff. Um, And just but just from the look of it at first, I thought it was going to be kind of a relatively simple game that didn't have a lot of, uh, complex elements to it. Um, and I was wrong. Um, there's a good bit of strategy. Um, you'll need to develop a game plan for uh, victory based on your starting skills and, you know, figure out how you want to progress through the game. It's a really well-made game and the artwork is really cool. Um, and, you know, just the mechanics, it's just something you probably haven't seen. That was another thing that I had mentioned in, in the review and, um, it's that I think it's something that was is even now. I mean, I wrote this review two years ago, and I don't really mm-hmm. think it's changed much. But this is not a kind of a peek at culture that you see in games. You know, like like I mean, we could get into a whole different discussion, but like there's been some pushback from some people about like colonialism in games and how that's maybe not a thing that we should explore. And even though I think a lot of people are kind of moving that way, there's still more games out there about colonialism than I would say that there are about black culture. Um, And so that's something that I think many people would say, "Mm, that seems weird. We should probably do something to fix that. And I think board game brothers is doing a really, you know, working really hard to kind of change that. Um, you know, one thing that, um, Amari, you know, yesterday, I think, uh, posted that, um, I, I, was it like baller gods or something? Um, I can't remember, but he posted an image of another game that he has in this, in this sphere that's coming out. So that's really exciting too. Kind of the heartwarming story that's come out of the past couple of weeks has been the fact that, um, a lot of people have backed, um, when, people realized, you know, Hey, there is a supply of 
rap gods available, you know, people were able to donate and said, Hey, listen, you know, if you buy a copy of rap gods, I'm going to throw $10 in uh, to the NAACP or black lives matter. And so it was really cool to see people support. And then once, once a couple people threw money in and said for every copy that is sold, I'm going to go ahead and donate $10. Um, other people came in and said, I got 10 more, I got 10 more. And mm-hmm. so it was so awesome to see thousands, actually tens of thousands of dollars raised um, mm-hmm. during that time period and Rap God sold out. And so congrats right. to uh, Hamu and Amari. That is like awesome, awesome news. And I love the fact that Rap Gods is going to be in a bunch of different homes now and people are going to see uh, the amazing work that black creators are doing in the community. Yeah, so this past week uh, was was crazy. And I think the best part about it is that it wasn't started by us. So it was actually started by a member of the community uh, who just recognized the disparity in the gaming community and like black designers not having enough black designers, uh, black gamers just like at these events and um, just a way to sort of promote that and promote what we were doing. Um, his name is Danny Quash. Uh, he runs a YouTube channel called Danny Plays Games. Uh, and Danny actually was the first person to say, hey, I'll donate $10 for every copy of Rap Gods that's sold. Uh, and when we saw that, we were like immediately, well, yeah, we'll donate $10 too. Um, and effectively what happened was the community just rallied behind us. Everybody started sharing that post. Um, we had uh, actually two or three more people jump in and say, I'll match that. I'll donate $10 too. So at some point we were up to around $50 for every game that we sold was going to be donated. And that's almost the cost of the game, which was amazing for us. Um, and then we were probably at that point up to about 200 games sold, uh, maybe, maybe even 300 at that point. And then we had a very, very, very successful game designer, one of the most like highest grossing Kickstarters ever, um, Isaac Childress. He decided to actually double all of the donations that everybody had contributed. Um, so basically, we were donating around $100 per game that we sold. Um, and once that happened, like it spread like wildfire. It popped up on Reddit. Um, more people were sharing that post. Um, he actually sent an email out saying that this was, this donation was happening um, to 83,000 people who had pre- backed his last Kickstarter. Um, and yeah, we ended up selling out pretty much all of the games that we had. It was like 653 games. Um, and so we ran the numbers and we'll be able to donate like $63,000 to Black Dives Matter. And some people chose to donate to uh, NAACP. Right, yeah, I mean, 650 games sold, $60,000 in total donations. Um, that's amazing. Um, I bought a copy. Um, it's one of those games where, you know, you know, at times, you know, I, I, I'm always looking for the deal, you know me. Um, but it was one of those things where it's like, ignore the deal right now. Let's go grab ourselves a copy. Um, and, and, um, yeah, I'm excited to get it to the table once human beings can hang out again. 
Um, that's right. That's, yeah. That's, that's something that's, I'm that's a hard thing. Uh, we get games and we're like, yes. Oh no, we have no one to play with. <laughs> Hooray. <laughs> so, um, um, yeah, I, I think, um, I think it's a really cool story. I think people, um, it's, it's one of those that's, it, there's not a lot of feel good things happening right now. It doesn't feel yeah. like. So, um, it's one of those that it's really kind of a cool thing, you know, to, to, to be able to see and watch happen. Yeah. And so in this episode, we wanted to talk about some, uh, board games from African-American designers, um, in the community. And so, um, Rick, some of these we've played, some of these we haven't, uh, some of mm-hmm. these have been on our radar. Some are actually still coming out. And so, mm-hmm. uh, let's jump into that. You and I have actually both played, uh, the first one, Victorian masterminds, uh, from mm-hmm. Eric. Lang. Um, yeah. We met- Eric, Eric Lang is a big contributor uh, to this list. So, yes. Uh, yeah. So, Eric Lang, we met him at, uh, we were going to. At that Simon, wasn't um, it? Or Come On? No, it was, well, I met, I met Eric at Come On and then also at uh, Origins last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, just got to talk with him for a couple minutes. And so, really good dude. And he, Victoria Masterminds is one of the games that me and you have played together. We played that at uh, Come On Expo last year and loved it. It was such a, such a unique feeling game. It almost feels like you are grew, you know, from the, the Minions mm-hmm. movies. Yeah. You're this amazing person who's trying to build this, uh, uh, like craft, craft this blimp or this mold digging machine, whatever. It's really cool. And, uh, love the components, love the design of it and, um, everything from the artwork to the way that it was built. Um, Eric did an awesome job with Victorian masterminds. And then Rick, you have a bunch of other, I used to own XCOM. I could never get that to the table. I ended up selling it. I owned it for three and a half years or four years. And it was on my shelf of shame for that long. And then oh, I man. finally sold it because I couldn't get anybody who wanted to dig into the strategy of it. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's a sad, sad story, but XCOM was made by Eric Lang also. Um, I've got um, chaos ball and Arcadia quest on here as well. Um, there was a convention you're, we went to the sci-fi convention and did a live podcast there one time. Um, uh, two or three years before that was when I was just really kind of getting into hobby board gaming. And um, at that convention, um, I saw for the first time uh, Chaos Ball and Arcadia mm-hmm. Quest, which were both uh, uh, come on games, I believe. And Chaos Ball um, was actually probably the first one I played. And I was like, this is what games can be like i really (laughs) loved it it's got a ton of minis in it it's kind of like a um it's it's basically a sports simulation it's a cool concept where you know the expansions are just you know you can buy a box that has a new team in it um i got a copy of the game for like five bucks at a um gaming flea market and it's one of those like it's a huge box but it'll probably stay on my shelf because i'm like you know feelings um and arcadia quest is um kind of in that same vein i actually don't own it my brother-in-law owns it and we haven't played it in a while maybe we need to tell him to break it back out um Arcadia but really, Quest has so many expansions yeah. and so many pieces and yeah it's, it's like an art it's like um kind of like an rpg yeah. tabletop rpg but just a little more accessible it kind of gives you the stuff kind of like you know gloomhaven did it like way more intensely yeah, yeah. but it's kind of in that same thing and then quarriers is a dice game um, that I think has now been reskinned. Skinned. Is it the Marvel uh, dice game now? Um, Maybe. 
Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know games. Warriors at all. Yeah. Um, but um, I think uh, I, I, it was. It's a pretty good game. It's um, just basically like each. Yeah. There's a bunch of different dice that you can use in a game, and you know their different sides mean different things, and you got cards that represent. I played it with my students one time when I was teaching middle school, and they seemed to like it. But um, yeah. uh, of those, Victorian Masterminds is definitely my favorite. I love that game. It's fantastic. Nice. And then uh, Rising Sun is, of course, one of Eric Lang's biggest hits, you know, over the past couple of years. Um, and so some of the other creators that we want to talk about, Eric Slauson, um, he is the creator of Tattoo Stories uh, that came out. Was that a 2019 release or a 2020 release? Double check on that right now. I think, I think it's a 2019 release. So um, and then Monstrosity. Um the capital in the draw monstrosity. Get yeah, it? monstrosity. Yep. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty cool. Monstrosity is going to be coming. Uh, was supposed to be coming out at Gen Con. I'm not sure what the exact release is now with Gen Con being canceled and everything, but um, it should be released sometime end of the summer, maybe um, if it's not out already. But Monstrosity is uh, a creation from Eric Slauson. Um, what's cool about that game is it is a game about uh, a, per- a, a single person will look at a card with a monster drawn on it. They'll look at this card and they'll study it. I believe the time is 15 seconds. And then they have to put the card down and then they have to explain the monster to the people at the table and almost like a, uh, a character sketch artist or a person who um, works for a police department or something, they have to try to draw who that monster is. And so mm-hmm. with by the person describing it, so it's a really cool concept. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the whole, a whole round takes like two minutes because everybody's drawing and everything kind of frantic. And then at the end, uh, I believe the rule is that, everybody uh the person who originally saw the card and described the monster has to pick which one is the closest to the monster without looking back at the card and mm-hmm. then um everybody votes to see if their their vote goes along with the right with mm-hmm. what they thought the card looked like so um yeah it's it's pretty cool it's a it's a cool casual game great for families from what i can see uh but that's definitely one you want to check out um i haven't i don't know it know enough about tattoo stories yeah tattoo Um, stories is kind of in the same realm of like drawing games um mm -hmm. drawing party games i guess um where again not one i've played but uh the description and some of the stuff i've watched looks really interesting um you have a dry erase board. Um, some customer comes in, chooses five cards, talking about elements they want in their tattoo. And then you've got, everybody else has to design that tattoo over three minutes. Um, mm-hmm. uh, they pitch their tattoo to the customer. And then um, uh, the customer awards the element cards to the person that used that particular element the best. And so you're trying nice. to incorporate those elements into a tattoo in a cool and interesting way. Um, it, it's, one of those things where, you know, drawing games, people can kind of put off to one side and be like, no, it's just drawing or it's just for parties. But I mean, they're fun. I mean, I, these both look like they're intended for a community kind of fun experience. Um, and it's being released by, um, uh, games by bicycle. So, um, you know, we've done a couple of things with them with, uh, exchange that you talked about. Um, it's a great game. So, yeah, so it um, looks like Bicycle is moving from beyond the playing cards and trying to get a bunch of different cool stuff out there. 
Absolutely. I wanted to talk about Restaurant Rivals. Uh, Gary Alaka um, is the designer behind that one. Restaurant Rivals restaurant, or Rival Restaurants? Ri- rival Restaurants. Yeah. Wow, I messed that one up. got to get those. That, that's straight. right. There are two. There Isn't there a Restaurant Rivals? Oh, no. Is there? I'll, I don't you know, know. I'll Google things while you talk. Go ahead. Yeah, you Google, I'll talk. So uh, Rival Restaurants um, by Gary Alaka um, is a not a speed game, but it is a time game. You know, one of the things we've talked about in the past is Aaron, my wife, Aaron doesn't like the, the pressure of those like real time games, but this is a cool game because everybody's running their own restaurant. You're a chef at your own restaurant and you're trying to gather the resources that you need to make the dishes that you want. And there are timed elements of the game. There are time segments of the game. Um, and there's a lot of backstabbing in this game and the artwork. I love the artwork. It reminds me of uh, a game that we really like foodies uh, from come on. Um, Mm -hmm. But rival restaurants is a really cool, beautiful artwork, really cool game design. If you like stabbing your friend in the back, family members in the back and you enjoy food prep and stuff. uh, This is definitely one that you should check out. It looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. Um, It kind of reminds me of like, um, I don't know. I've played a lot of different digital games that involve you doing a restaurant and trying to make things, Mm -hmm. you know, grow your restaurant empire. Um, So, you know, maybe I'm getting a false feel there, but if it's anything like that, I really love those kind of games. So I'm good to go. I like, I like the fact that they're, I'm, I'm not much for the time games either, but Mm -hmm. this one seems uh, one of the things that I've heard a lot about with this one is that, um, if you have a lot of extroverts or a party setting, this is really a solid game. So yeah. rival restaurants. Yeah. One that we um, also can talk about is a game that we've actually reviewed um, on the blog a couple of years ago. It's the game of 49. Um, mm-hmm. It's one of those, this is Mark Corsi or, or Corsay. I apologize if I'm saying your name wrong, but um, it's one of those games that you'd probably see at like Barnes and Noble or target. And at first you might like pass it up um, mm-hmm. because it looks it doesn't have like the most beautiful artwork in the world or like characters going on in it, but it's really just a solid bidding game um, that I, there was a time where I think we played it like seven, eight, nine times in just the course of a few months because my in-laws loved it. Um, They just really had a good time with it. Um, So uh, basically there's a board of 49 squares um, uh, you start off with, um, uh, money and then, uh, you will bid on a card will come up with a space. And so you bid mm-hmm. on that space. Sometimes it's a number. Sometimes it's like in a section and you get to place it on one of the numbers in that section. Um, and so you kind of all have to bid and then there every now and then there are these payoffs where you get, um, $7 for each thing that you own. So mm-hmm. you're going to get payoffs every now and then, and then you're trying to get um, four spaces in a row and it starts off kind of easy and you're like kind of going slowly, but then you get into those realms where like, you know, you see something come up and you're like, that's going to mm-hmm. let that person win. And you're like that another player has to spend all their money in order to stop that person from winning and you're like, but will that person now be even have a chance to win? It's like one of those things where you kind of have to gang up on people at times. And I don't know, it's a simple concept that really executes pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. It, it 
one of the things I love bidding games that, you know, they kind of ramp up. It's almost like when in the beginning you're like, Oh, it's all friendly. It's all nice. And Oh, I'd love that spot. No, you take it. That's fine. And then by the time it gets to crunch time, when you're trying to get those last tokens down on the board, you're like, I'm going to take this or I'm going to take you out. You know, right. that, that that's a game that reminds me of that type of mechanic. Certainly. Um, you know, I know we're, kind of pushing it on time at this point, but um, just kind of want to make sure we bring some attention to a few more. Um, Nib Card Games is um, a company that's based in um, Nigeria. Um, oh man, I, I apologize to you, my friend. <laughs> Kinachukuwu Agbuau. Um, yeah, again, yeah. I am I, so sorry. And please send me an email that tells me how terrible I am. Um, but uh, we email, we uh, have been in correspondence with him for a while. Um, back in December of 2018, um, I did an interview with him as they were um, kind of really getting things going with their um, with their work in Nigeria to get some games produced. Um, I got to back an Indiegogo campaign of theirs and got three yep. games from them that I um, I've checked out. Uh, I've checked them out since then. I think I've played all of them, but the one that was easily the most popular. Um, is Igure Table Soccer, um, mm-hmm. which is put out by Bola by Nostalgic Games and Toys, made by Bola Paul Igure, which is basically kind of like um, it's soccer, but you've got each of your each player has um, little discs that you flick and yeah. um, you knock the soccer ball around, and the, it comes with this big foam soccer uh, field that you put together. Um, the stu- kids that come over for our church group love that game. Um, they never play it the right way, but that's okay. Um, (laughs) but it's, uh, it's really cool. The stuff that they're doing and you can still, if you check out nibcardgames.com, they have a shop. I mean, the, the shipping is a bit expensive, but if you're wanting something like for me, I think it's cool to have, these are Nigerian games that I have in my collection. Um, maybe if you've got some folks in a gaming group and you guys all kind of pick a few that you want to have. And maybe get all one uh, yeah. one big save order on to shipping. save on shipping. Yeah, it's it's a really cool thing. Um, you're supporting up and coming developers, um, and something that I think uh, some people should check out. Yeah, and uh, you've talked about it before that you know on International Tabletop Day. I don't think it happened this year because of everything going on. But uh, when International Tabletop Day is a thing again, um, our hope is that with One Board Family we can actually play some international board games that have been right. created by designers from around the world. That's our hope uh, right. the next time that that event comes around. So. Certainly. Yeah. And our, our, you know, we've done a few interviews with people from a bunch of different kind of yeah. backgrounds and stuff. And part of that is because, you know, there are people that um, might otherwise, you know, not get the attention that we want them to get. Um, you know, another person we interviewed December of last year um, was a gentleman that is, uh, an Inuk game designer. Um, he lives above the Arctic Circle um, and ran a Kickstarter, and I think he's still going through with that. I can't imagine what running a Kickstarter during a um, during a pandemic, during all this mm-hmm. craziness, while also like every now and then, you know, without it took a while to get the interview going because he would say, "Sorry, our there's only one road in and out of our town, and it was shut off for three yeah. weeks, and the internet was out." You know, so like, oh, I guess you can't do anything about that. (laughs) So, um, right. So um, we we really try to highlight people from different backgrounds and we want 
you know, want you to hear about games that maybe you wouldn't hear about in other, you know, the more uh, traditional places. So. what people can do because we're all kind of a part of the gaming community in in a small way and usually what that looks like is just having game nights with our friends and so it's it's really it's not even about gaming specifically it's really just about like broadening our social circles to invite more people who are different from us into them and if once you start doing that and then letting people into the game world because if they're a fr- your friends, you're going to show them your games because you love them. And, like, that's how we spread this. And everybody, you know, who's who's willing to, like, take that extra step and, like, actually be a part of a community that looks different and looks diverse, then, yeah, slowly it'll change. Um, I'm not under the impression that it's going to change overnight. And so I'm just looking forward to uh, it seems like we're going in the right direction. You know, one of the things that we would love to see in our hobby is for not only inclusivity um, to be a thing, a normative thing, um, but also that the number of people who feel that they can, that they have creativity. One of the things that I tell my kids all the time is that we are born with creativity. There's creativity in us that we, we have this gift inside of us where we can create and we can, we can you know, put our, whether it's putting your hand uh, to the paper or whether it's designing something digitally, it's making music, drawing, you know, dancing, whatever, there's creativity in all of us. And so uh, what I would love to see in our hobby is to see the creativity of every single color um, come to the table with these beautiful designs so that we can see more things like rap gods, more things like tattoo stories and rival restaurants and table soccer from Nigeria. You know, these are beautiful things and, and it just, it, it makes more people feel welcome around the table. And it's something that we've, we've been talking about for the past four years. And so, um, we're celebrating this week. We celebrate four years as a website. Um, one board family started with this idea that we could invite families to the table, multi-generation, um, come to the table and have fun and, and, and be a family. You know, yeah. so um, I, I love that we get to do this, Rick, uh, yeah. and and I'm grateful that our family gets to do this with you and Bob and 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 your wives Sarah and Val and and Phoebe is eventually going to become a master uh, a game player. Greater than all of us, she's <laughs> going to be better than all of us. She'll be five years old and beating us in everything that we own. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's been awesome. And, you know, we, part of what Amari said, uh, in his interview is that a part of making this happen and getting more diversity in design is, and publishing is to have more people, more diversity in our tables. And so I think, you know, we would encourage our listeners go out and be part of your local community get togethers. Obviously those aren't happening as much right now, but when they start to resume, you know, try to reach out and find new people, even if it's not you know, your favorite thing to do. You go to one, make a friend, and then you guys just play together from now on. You know, play with some people that are different than you. Uh, don't play games in a vacuum because, I mean, you'll learn about yeah. new games and 
uh, hear about things like, you know, I've been really appreciative that our friend Adele has been coming to our board game meetups in Clarkston because she's always got a game in her hands that I've never heard of. Um, yes. And it's really cool to um, to learn something new from her. Um, and that's the kind of stuff that you get at a meetup is stuff that you never would have heard of, uh, you know, naturally. So uh, go out there and um, learn some new games and make some new friends and let's be a, a better community. Um, let's say Absolutely. this time next year that our community and uh, is bigger and better than it was uh, this right now, which shouldn't be hard. You don't have a community right now. You can't go outside. <laughs> it better be bigger and better yes. than you sitting by yourself. Exactly. Um, so this will this will do it for this season of the podcast. Um, we're going to continue uh, to have new Will It Game episodes. We have some pretty amazing guests over the next couple of weeks, some guests that are going to um, – trigger with some kickstarters that are going on over the summer we've got some amazing guests from the past um we're really really excited about will it game and all the people that are on the show for the next couple of weeks so we're going to take a break from one one board podcast uh, but you can still catch will it game on the same um on the same rss feed and remember to head over to oneboardfamily.com and uh, you can find all of our social media sites at one board family so until next time rick we'll see you at the table where we all bring something to the table. Pull up a chair at punchboardmedia.com.